Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. Dr. Steve Wood, uh, extremely excited uh, about this podcast. I, uh, I get to bring on one of my dearest, closest friends. We're actually roommates in college. Uh, we oh, met yeah. our wives together. We were in each other's weddings. Well, we were supposed to be in each other's weddings. Uh, <laughs> John was actually in the Dominican Republic teaching uh, during my wedding, so he couldn't make it back. But I always like to give him grief about how he missed <laughs> it. Um, he is, he's, he's a recent doctoral graduate. Uh, so congratulations to CMU, CMU Jersey back behind you. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so right. Dr. Jonathan Glenn, who is the dir director of diversity inclusion and inclusion at Alma college in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Uh, and for some reason, I don't know why he he's now a professor in, in the communications department there at Alma. Yeah. <laughs> so John, but when you well, you know, Steve, when you um, lack diversity, you gotta do all you can to double dip everyone who looks like me. So it's all yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I appreciate you having. Uh, appreciate you coming on. You know, and what's funny is, you know, we 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 kind of always stay in contact and stuff. Even though now I'm in Texas and you're in Michigan, and mm -hmm. what actually made me want to have you on is, you know, you did a TED talk actually at Central Michigan. And it was phenomenal. And I want to oh, link it in the show notes uh, so that people can go watch it. But uh, it actually went up on the TEDx national website, right? And that YouTube channel. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I got a text from them saying, hey, we want you to know that your TED talk is now on our, on our national page. That was that was phenomenal. Yeah, so. it was it was it was very good. Um, you know, obviously you do a little bit of you know, for the listeners and the viewers who don't know, I, I know, you know, you're, you're a pastor, you do some, you do some kind of pastoral work. So you got into full on preacher mode during that. Oh, yeah. uh, I fully anticipate you to do that uh, on this podcast. But I think, you know, it, 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 you know, kind of the passion, the inspiration, kind of the fire that you have is what one of the things that I know people have always been really endeared with, with you. Uh, even when we were back at Central Michigan, everybody yeah, every time we were going out when when we were at you know meetings and stuff, everybody wanted to come up and and talk to Joni. So uh, I want to talk to you. I don't know if my wife. I don't know if my wife likes that, but uh, you're right. Probably, probably not. <laughs> uh, but you know what I brought you on today is I want to talk about you know you're you're really big into leadership, you know diversity, uh, mentorship, and today what oh, I yeah. want to talk to you about is mentorship because I think for our listening audience or our viewers is, you know, from a lot of them are in law firms or, or in the legal field and, and in just in general really is kind of mentorship. And sometimes I think that, that that's an overlooked piece of any sort of organization as well. So I really wanted to bring you on and talk about that, you know, but just generally, I just want you to kind of talk about the importance of mentorship, you know, and, yeah. and how you view mentorship. Yeah, no, you know, first of all, it's good seeing you, brother. Um, and thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, mentorship is everything to me because I am not who I am today, Steve, without several people who have aligned my journey. Um, so the power of mentorship, which was in my dissertation, um, I was able to study it for almost four years. It kind of breaks down into two different types of mentorship. So you have formal mentorship and you have informal informal mentorship um a lot of us who may be listening you know what that is that's the organic you know mentors that we find on our journey 
um, you know, those people who may be upperclassmen at our schools or those people within a corporate world who may be already in the office who see you as a, you know, a little brother or, you know, a little sister, and they want to help you get to the places where they are. Um, and then you have the formal mentorship programs, which are the programs that, you know, institutions and corporate offices create to make sure that people new to the organization understand the climate, understand, um, you know, the standards of the office and helping people to get to the places where they dream of. Formal programs are as successful as informal programs, um, but the long lasting relationships come from the informal side of the mentorship aisle. Now, the cool part about mentorship programs, Steve, is some of these um, you know, relationships will start off in the formal setting, in a program done by a business, whatever, but then some of the relationships really, really come close and those relationships that started in a structured mentorship program now become true friends and a true brother to brother or sister to sister type of relationship. And, and that's when you get those long lasting relationships that happen. Um, but it's, I mean, name me one great who didn't arrive on the shoulders of some amazing people in their lives. Um, sure, you have those isolated people who may have reached their place of, um, of destiny on their own um, fights and process. I don't meet too many of those people though. Like, you know, um, any great baseball star, football star, they would tell you it was a coach who believed in them when no one believed in them, or it was somebody else who, you know, which helped them get through the hard days, get through those camps. And after a big loss, hugging them and saying, you, you were meant for this. Like mentorship, the words that come from them um, sometimes are more important than our, our parents you know, slash home supporters. Um, my mom and dad are great. Steve, your mom and dad are great. But it was also those people outside of the home unit that really helped me to see that it was a possibility to become Dr. Glenn. Um, and I'm living that truth today. Yeah. And I, you know, I guess for you, I, you know, you, you talk about kind of the mentors that you had, but, you know, kind of well, who was one of the mentors that you had that has really stuck with you? And also, too, what is what are the things that they taught you? What are the things that they did that made them the mentor that you remember today? Oof, man, that's a great question. Mentors see things inside their mentees that they can't see, right? When you give license to someone to become your mentor, we're supposed to be able to look at you and say to you, hey, Steve, that's a great dream but let's think a little bit bigger. You're dreaming safe dreams, right? There's no growth and comfort, Steve. All my mentors have told me that. So I used to dream safe dreams and my mentors used to say, no, um, let's dream bigger. Let me tell you the story. I, um, The president of Central Michigan right now, his name is Robert Davies. Um, he started at CMU probably about four years ago. We became close um, very quickly because I was helping him with a lot of you know situations on campus. Um, so during our, because I actually asked him, you know, President Davies be my mentor. And he said, yes. So during our um, bi-weekly meetings, mentorship, and men, I'm sorry, mentor and mentee, I'm sitting in his office and I say to him, um, you know, what is it like being a president? You know, we're talking back and forth. And then he stops and he says, Jonathan, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, well, after I get my credentials, I really want to become a dean of students, you know, vice president of student affairs. 
and he looked sad, Steve. Right. And and I said, did I say something wrong? And he said to me, no. When I look at you, I see a president. And I sat back and I went, whoa. And nothing inside me, Steve, was a red flag saying, no, this guy is wrong. Because I gave him the license to be my mentor, he was able to look at me and see something I couldn't see. So now if someone were to ask me today, yo, John, like, what you want to do when you grow up? The answer is now I want to be a college president because my mentor allowed me to see something I couldn't see. So that's one story, um, you know, that happened in my late 30s. But I've had some monumental people who showed up at 18 year old version of me. And I wasn't as clean cut. I, you know, my diction wasn't great. Um, my writing skills was horrible. And I'm walking on campus, very ratchet, I'll be honest with you. And this lady, Angie Radliski, man, she was short. She was white. She was not from my culture. She didn't understand my city, Saginaw, Michigan. And she looked at me and she invited me to my first leadership program conference at 18. And still to this day, Steve, I have no idea why she stopped me in the hallway. She didn't know me. She stopped me. She said, I've seen you around campus. I think you're a great leader and we need to just unlock some stuff. And that was my first leadership conference at 18. And I haven't been the same since. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's funny is in your TED talk, you do mention about how you wanted to be uh, a college president. So now I know where it comes from. Uh, oh, yeah. You said you, you didn't want to be uh, at, at a university as big as Central Michigan, but uh, uh, no. <laughs> but I think that I think that's good though. I mean, I think it because you know we had known each other, and I didn't know that that was your aspirations either. But now I at least kind of know where it comes from. But I think that actually leads into something else. You know, you and I've had conversations with before about mentors. I think you know talking about meeting with the president and having him say, "John, you're not shooting high enough in your goals." You know, I think sometimes we see too often where there's not a lot of opportunity for, for mentorship or mentee menteeship um, because you have the mentors don't want to have be outshined by the mentees. And I think that's something you and I have talked about before. So I want you to yeah, talk a little right. bit about that because I think that sometimes that's a barrier to mentorship because you have somebody let's say, you know, in a law firm, that's more senior partner and have one of these junior associates who are trying to come up and that senior partner might say, I don't want to mentor the junior because what happens if the junior starts getting clients that I should be getting what happens if my 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 junior starts yeah. outshining me so can we talk yeah. about that about how that shouldn't be necessarily an issue and actually that's that's bad for any sort of mentorship or a bad thought process to have as well mentorship is not dictatorship man um yeah you just triggered me because I'm having flashbacks um yeah it's it is it is it's a sad day when so-called mentors be, begin to gatekeep. Listen, I've, Steve, you've known me for years. I've always been talented. I've never lacked confidence. That's not true when I was younger, but when you met me, never lacked confidence. Um, and I found that that intimidated my mentors, not all of them, some. Um, being popular, being liked is dangerous. Whew. I, you know, some mentors turned on me because President Davies liked me. Right. Um, mentors, a group, a good mentor who understands themselves, have confidence in themselves, are not intimidated when their tutelage or when their mentorship assists their mentee to be great, even if it surpasses their title. Um, before I was Dr. Glenn, several of my mentees. 
became lawyers, became judges, became doctors before my credentials. And I was not intimidated, not once. I wanted to make sure I was networking them, connecting them to all the people that they dreamed of, wanted to be in the future. Um, you come in my office and you say you want to be a doctor. My first question is, do you know a doctor? And I'm trying to connect. Listen, I have mentees right now who are millionaires. Guess what, Steve? I'm not. <laughs> but I, it, I'm i not intimidated by they shine. I'm not intimidated by how they are navigating their destiny right now. Because you know what a natural high for me is when I see the potential of one of my mentees and I assist and they arrive there. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It has nothing to do about me. But I've had some mentors who gatekeep, right? They fought long and hard to get where they are. And I respect that. And sometimes young talent um, can come into a situation. And because they trailblaze so well, I don't have to go through the stuff that they went through. So I was going through, you know, I'm doing national presentations in front of 200 D1 coaches. I'm doing all these things. My mentors literally are just like, how are you getting these opportunities? They didn't do this. They didn't say congratulations. They wanted to know why my young self, why didn't it take me 30 years to get there? And they told me to sit down. They told me to stay in my lane. They told me to slow down. And I'm like, I'm not the one who's calling me to present. They calling me. Like they reaching out to me to do TED Talk. I, I didn't call TED Talk and say, hey, let me get a gig. <laughs> you know what I mean? But people want to know, because especially older men of color, you know, they were saying some, did you kiss butt to get here? What? So I can't be talented? So I can't be, you know, one guy said, well, who gives you the right to talk professionally on implicit bias? And I had to remind him that my master's is in history. I spent two years actually researching. So now I'm a researcher at heart. So if there's something I know, no, I research it. That's how I became knowledgeable of implicit bias to be able to speak to 200 coaches about it. And in any organization, law office, um, you know, corporations, it doesn't matter what it is, Steve, mentors are not gatekeepers. If we are not excited about the younger generation coming up in our programs or coming up in our offices or, you know, our associations, if we're not excited about their talent, then what are we doing? Um, we have to leave the places we work better than we found it, which means that our current knowledge and expertise must be given to our mentees. So when we leave, they don't keep the status quo. They make it better. And if you are intimidated from better, you should not be a mentor. Just stay in your high tower, stay where you are, gatekeep, because I'm teaching people around me to take over and do better. Yeah, I think right. that's that's actually a good point where you talked about kind of the high that comes with having one of your mentees surpass you or do things. I mean, I think that's a, a, a key thing that people don't focus on either is that we should want, we should be proud, almost like our kids of sorts, right? We want our kids to do better than us. And we should be yes. proud when our kids do better than us. Yes, and, you know, like I tell my son all the time, I want you to be better than I was, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I want him to press. And when he gets more accolades than I got at his age, great. You know, we got a thing right now. Every time he hits a home run, he takes one of my home run balls and he puts his home run ball there and we get rid of this. Go. What? Yeah. I like that. So yes. I mean, the point being is that's and but that you can translate that over in, to, to other things, too. Right. In the office setting is you want that. And I think one of the things that probably gets often missed, too, is, you know, 
when when you're being provided that opportunity from your mentor and you're starting to gain accolades and you're starting to surpass and you, you know your mentor is applauding you for it i think that endears you even further to them right versus mm -hmm. feeling like they're gatekeeping i, I think because it sounds like you know and you said I, I triggered you because i can think you, you're thinking about those people who gatekeeped with with frustration and and you know some kind of you know anger but then you also but when you talk about though your mentors that you've had that have been successful or your mentors that have supported you like your face lights up i mean you can just you, you just get more you can just tell that you have this level of you know, caring, comforts, compassion towards those individuals who helped you versus those who gatekeep. I, when I do speeches on um, mentorship, I tell people you can be one person away to walk into your destiny. One person. So Angie Radlitsky, who stopped me in the hall at 18, Steve, she was the one who introduced me to Tracy Gwynn at CMU. I was going to transfer to Michigan State. I was going to transfer to different places. Um, and she said, I think you do well essential. Let me introduce you to Tracy. And Tracy was the one who ended up hiring me as a student in 2002. She was the person who created a GA ship for me with my master's, which paid for my master's in 2010. And then she was the first one to hire me as a professional in higher ed in 2016. So you mean to tell me one person that my mentor introduced me to in two, I'm sorry, in 1998, I'm still receiving blessings from that relationship in 2023. Do you know how many degrees I got to allow me to teach in higher education? One, I just got it. Yeah. <laughs> so because of my relationship from my mentor, Tracy, I was hired, um, you know, um, as an assistant director in 2016 at CMU, which has led to me working in athletics, getting championship rings, and ain't sweat one bit. <laughs> but then now, all my positioning right now for Alma College was from that 1998 mentor. That's what mentors do. If my effectiveness is not rippling years from now, I'm wasting my time, right? I, is There's no time for personal vendettas. There's no time to gatekeep. Um, the world needs awesome lawyers. So if you're already in the seat of, of being a great lawyer, don't you want the profession to sustain and be better? That means we have to reach back and mentor people to get to our level of expertise. And if that intimidates us, I'm sorry, if there's always some young, hungry person coming after what we got. My dad always taught me, if you ain't in that grind, <laughs> you know, the young people are always coming. Yeah. And I think obviously knowing your dad and that, that, that having that mentality is where, where I've gotten you today. And I think, you know, it seems how you're not kind of in, in our business, but you can understand is, you know, it's with on the defense side where we do a lot of work. They're not sharing a lot of information. They're getting a lot better at sharing information. Um, but like you said, going back where everybody's kind of keeping back their information because they don't want other people to get a leg up. But I think really what I'm trying to hammer home I, with, with your conversation too is they need to get to a position where they're sharing, where they're sharing information and, and being supportive. Um, right. So, you know, I want to kind of wrap up a little bit, but I do want to talk about, you know, when we when we initially talked, you said that there was kind of like these four key elements 
to mentorship. Uh, can you want to talk about mm -hmm. those as far as what you believe are the main aspects of good mentorship? Yeah, Steve, thanks for that. Um, you got consistency, you got commitment, um, compassion, and communication. Um, let me start with um, consistency. It's that's one of my superpowers. Um, I'm consistent. I am the same Dr. Glenn, no matter what space I'm in. I could be speaking at my church. I can be on one of my instruments. I can be in front of the football team. I can be on Twitter. I'm sorry, X, whatever heck you call it now. Um, <laughs> I can be on any platform in front of any person and you get a very consistent person. Um, it does not... Um, is not well when a so-called leader is not consistent. I'm not this person in front of you, Steve, and go home and kick dogs or jump on social media and all of a sudden being verbally violent. I'm very consistent and any great leader, any great mentor has to find a seat in consistency. Even, listen, I can leave the house after a huge argument with my wife. When a student walks in, I flip it off off and I am the mentor right there right then for them because they are going to need me and I can deal with you know the previous conversation with my wife later we can't carry this stuff listen when when we when we um carry the burden of being servant leaders being a mentor to many which I am um there is no off day you know what I mean even in my most frustrated you know you've gone through a dissertation steve i was so frustrated and finished that thing yeah but even in the midst of that wife pregnant with triplets trying to move i still had to turn off my personal frustration because my students needed me you know so that that you know dedication fuels consistency um commitment um i'm not just committed to make i'm a college better I want to also make sure that the students here are making it better because I can't do everything myself. So if you think of your corporation, think of your law office. Um, I understand it's lonely at the top, but it don't have to be, right? Um, helping people to achieve where you are and to surpass you, it's an honor. It's an honor that I am Dr. Glenn and my name is stamped with my father's name, with my mother's mentorship, with, you know what I mean? Like I'm stamped, you know, I wish we were made to wear like NASCAR jackets and we can see who, you know, we got to these places and you can see the names of the people who helped us get here. I wish we could do that. So that's why I verbally always honor my mentors because even though I'm getting some huge accolades lately, lately making some pretty good money, Steve, now, hey. <laughs> but all of that is stamped. It's a lot of people stamped in my jacket. Um, so you got commitment, you got consistency, compassion. You feel my compassion, bro. I love these students. But, you know, I had to go in on some students, you know, for those who don't know what that means, I had to have a very heart-to-heart -heart conversation because they were giving up on some freshmen who were acting out. And there's no give up in mentorship. There is none. Um, so, because my thing is, I trust my leadership enough. If you're my mentee for a year, I guarantee it's going to be representing your GPA and your retention and how you see yourself. I put a guarantee stamp on that because I know who I am when I come to the table. So you got consistency, you got commitment, you got um, compassion, um, 
and communication, the foundation of everything we do in life, not just law offices or walking in the courtroom, um, me, the classroom, sometimes the football field. If your communication is not sincere, listen to me. I tell you this, people younger than us can tell when we fake. And a lot of that is our communication, how we're communicating with people. Um, if we're communicating and we got our phones in our hands, no, that shows me already you're not you're not sold in. Um, you know, if, if you're not listening, if you're only listening to to respond, I can tell. Um, so communication is everything. I use um, terms like I hear you saying um, I don't try to. Um, make up words. I try to use their exact words when I'm communicating because a good mentor assists when they listen well. So you got communication, you got consistency, you got compassion, you got commitment. Um, if you have those skills, Steve, it don't matter what type of person. Listen, this is cross-cultural. This is cross-religious ideology. This is cross-identity. It doesn't matter who you are. If you have these type of things, because you know what, Steve, I tell my students, I don't want my story to be a success story. I want it to be normal. I, I want it to be normal for a kid from Saginaw, Michigan to become a doctor. I want it to be normal that a person from my neighborhood, listen, there's no doctors in my neighborhood, Steve. It's me. Like where I grew up at, there's, there's no one. It's me. And I can tell you why. My dad and mom. That's you know, that mentorship. Your sisters and your cousins and all that too. Are, are they sister. all got degrees, bro. Yeah. They, you know what I mean? I don't have a cousin without a degree, bro. Like, my parents and my grandparents, they did not play when it came to education. And even though I put goofball in high school, didn't do too well. And that foundation and the mentorship I got, even throughout the years, dude, not too many people know I graduated with my bachelor's at 26. I mean, you know, yeah. I was 26 when I got my bachelor's. So I was not a traditional college student. But guess what? I'm still Dr. Glenn, bro. So let me tell you the story. Let me tell you how I recovered from my mess ups. Let me tell you as your mentor, you won't be perfect. Let me tell you that you need to know what your destiny is. Don't waste your emotions. To, you know, you got to run after what I believe or you believe that you've been created for. Um, Steve, if I was walking in your world, I don't know if I do too well. I'm not destined for it, right? But I'm supposed to be on a college campus. And I'm supposed to be pouring into my students. Um, you are supposed to be the father of your son. You are supposed to be doing what you're doing. And that's why we see the success. There's too many great mentors out there who are not doing stuff because they're afraid to get usurped or they're afraid to you to lose some type of shine that they have given themselves. In my lifestyle, the greatest shine and the greatest um, baller move ever is that my students graduate. Bro. If my students graduate, Steve, and get into grad school for free, get that, oh my gosh, that Steve, man, it just made my day. I don't need a raise. Boss, I don't need a raise. Give me the tools to make sure my students succeed. Yeah. And I'm All good. Right. I, I knew you'd get into Preacher Joni. Just uh, imagine, though, just imagine some fancy um, you know, law office or firm. I've been looking for that word, firm. And you got the head people, right? You know, like those who have the best records, um, you know, the best knowledge. If they had the heartbeat 
to make sure that they weren't the only one at the top, man, those corporations, those firms are unstoppable. Yeah. Right. From from the clerk to the secretary to everybody in the whole organization, if they had people pouring into them weekly, they giving you all of them then. Right. I got students that were literally low-key died for me. I wouldn't force them to do that, of course. But when they feel that relationship, it's different. How many young lawyers may not feel that right now? They're afraid to mess up or they're afraid, you know, they think that their mentors don't mess up. The greatest thing my father ever told me was, I'm not perfect. Whoa, it shook me. <laughs> like, dad, what? He's, oh yeah, I'm not perfect. I went, dang, okay. That well, I think that's actually... That's a good, that's, I mean, that's an excellent point. I think a lot of times, you know, you see where sometimes people who are higher up almost want to like hide, hide, hide their, you know, chinks in their armor, right. Or they try to hide, hide their mistakes, or they try to hide the fact that they're human just because they feel like they need to put on an air of perfection. But I think to your point, there's a little bit of vulnerability to showing that you're not perfect that I think probably endears people to, you know, if, if you're a mentee and dears you to, you're a mentor. Cause you're like, okay, my mentor expects me to do this. But at the same time, my mentor also knows that he has shortcomings. He or she has shortcomings as well and feels comfortable enough letting me know that or sharing that or, or being open with me that they make mistakes. The greatest testimony in life is watching people we look up to recover from a mistake. I tell my students, it's called the bounce back. I want you to see my bounce back game. I want you to hear me say, I'm sorry. I want you to see me recover. I want you to see me do better, right? Looking at my success is great. Looking at my five degrees is great. But watching me bounce back from a mistake, man, some of the greatest lessons you can ever get, right? Wisdom is created from mistakes. But we live in the world, no one wants to make some mistakes, but everyone wants to be wise. That doesn't match. Wisdom comes from recovering from mistakes. That's why I love listening to older people. Because, listen, I've been married for 13 years. I love talking to people who've been married to 40 years. They can mentor me on how they bounce back from their mistakes, right? You're watching a Hallmark channel and you think marriage is supposed to be perfect. That's garbage. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um but you see what I mean? Like there's there's people in our organizations who have done some great things, but have messed up on the way. If they never give us access to how they recovered, we're going to fall in the same trap. Yeah, that's excellent, John. Uh, you know, as much as I uh, like love catching up with you, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you loose because I know you got to get back back to work. Even though mm -hmm. uh, you, you uh, didn't have an opportunity, you should be on the bus right now. I going to to the football game is used to be the chaplain of Central Michigan football, correct? Yeah, yeah, tier. Yeah, they're going to do my cousin. He's finally Christopher Parker Jr., number 13. Um, this is the year he's starting at receiver. Oh, my gosh. If he gets his first touchdown today, I'm going to be happy, but I should have been there for yeah. it. <laughs> um, well, I just another, another, another feather in your cap for all the things that you've done. Um, you know, obviously, you know, point being is – you know, you, you kind of live the life of what you're just talking about. And I think that's the point of, you know, today is, is the mentorship mentee kind of wanting people to kind of reassess. Am I, am I a mentor? Am I mentoring someone? Um, yeah. And as a mentee, who am I looking for? Who am I seeking out 
for mentors? And then what, what should I be looking for in a mentor? And if I'm seeing these things, kind of the negative things, then I should probably move on versus trying to, you know, continue with that mentorship. But also, you know, when you have a mentor, when you have a mentor, that's kind of displaying the things that you've talked about, learn as much as you can from them and, and use it to your advantage, because there's not a lot of people out there that really want to provide that or, or do that and take the time and invest the time in, in individuals. Let me say this too, Steve, real quick. Um, organizations, firms, they should not lean on only organic and informal mentorship because um, sometimes it couldn't happen. To show an investment on the future of younger professionals, having a formal mentorship program in firms and and you know educational places, churches, no matter where it is, having a formal program is imperative for the future of any company or firm. So saying, hey, um, do your you know orientation. You know we're so happy to have you part of our firm, but now you are connected to such and such who's been here for five or six years, and they want to make sure that your onboarding is good. They can answer any question you have and make sure that you're successful for the first sixty days of your time with us. That's powerful, but if you lean on, oh, Steve, find someone organically, that may not happen. So making sure if I'm at the top of a firm, making sure that there's a program in place to help my junior executives or whoever it is on the come up to make sure that they're comfortable as they move up, that's only going to make our business better. The way we communicate better, our shared language better. So I just wanted to throw that out there. No, I, I, I think. That's an excellent point. Uh, you know, night, like I said, I, I appreciate you having on. I'm glad we were able to we catch up. We know we've been trying to get this on the books for a while. So I was, yeah, I'm glad I was able yeah. to snag you today to talk about this. Uh, you know, obviously I would encourage everybody. We're going to put that link into to the TED talk to go see your TED talk. Um, I know you have a lot of other videos. Like if you just Google Jonathan Glenn, mm -hmm. uh, Alma College, Google that. There's there's several other things too where where you're out there and and you know, talking and providing information. So I encourage people to go out and seek that out. Uh, if anybody has any questions for you, as far as mentorship or any of that wants to reach out, maybe they want to reach out and talk to you more about potentially bringing kind of a mentor mentee program to their law firm. How, how could they do that? Why do they reach you? Oh my gosh. Just um, reach out to me on my um, email, uh, Glenn, G-L-E-N, uh, the two N's, J-B at Alma dot edu or literally just google my name and it will take you right to my contact information i would love to assist right um i'm, I'm really like they put me in a position to build a formalized program here for our college it's kind of intimidating but this is what i wrote in my chapter five of my dissertation so i gotta live it yeah. this is what i love to do so if anyone wants that information steve you know please don't hesitate you know to reach out um i would love to assist like any way that i can yeah. And if they need to reach out to me, then I'll, I can get them in contact with you as well, obviously. Perfect. All right. And then as you know, like I said, always go to courtroomsciences.com. All of our blogs, podcasts, papers, all that information is up there as well. So I'd encourage everybody to go check that out as well. This has been another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences.